Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey Clever Investors and welcome to another show. You know, everything that we do in life involves some kind of risk and a high risk activity that for the large part we partake in every day is driving our cars. Over the last two decades or so, we've seen a huge leap in the number of electromechanical devices on cars and they're all there to help us avoid accidents or to protect us in the event of an accident happening. Now, if you've only been driving within the last 20 years, you will pretty much take for granted that cars have seatbelts, anti-lock brakes and airbags. All these items have evolved to protect us from injury. But just the fact that we know that they're there gives us another level of security. Now, go with me as I take you through this analogy of wearing a seatbelt. I know the risk of driving, what could happen to me, but I have absolutely no plan on crashing my car whenever I drive. However, I will still wear my seatbelt. This, in turn, gives me the confidence to drive on the freeway. I know that if there is an incident, my anti-lock brakes are gonna help me stay in control as much as they can help. And if there is a crash, my seatbelt is there and all of the airbags will no doubt be going off as well to help protect me. But I can tell you that if none of that equipment was in my car, I would be driving around at about 20 kilometers an hour and freaking out if anybody else goes whizzing past me. These protection devices give me confidence. So if I link all of that back to investing, no matter what we decide to participate in, whether it's property shares or even Bitcoin, there's a risk. And it always has and always will take courage to invest and hold investments. The fear of potentially taking a loss is too great for so many Australians and they never end up investing, therefore missing out on building wealth and ultimately the lifestyle for the retirement that they wish they could have. However, in the world of investing, we do have our own versions of seatbelts, anti-lock brakes and airbags, and these all come under the heading of insurances. Now, the simple dictionary definition of insurance is an arrangement by which a company undertakes to provide a guarantee of compensation for specified loss, damaged, illness or death in return for a payment of a specified premium. So in other words, you pay us and if something happens, we'll give you some money. So here's a question. Do you think you're appropriately insured? In the event of that unforeseen circumstance arriving in your life, 
the general rule of thumb is to be able to recover as soon as possible. Ultimately, not losing the assets that you've worked hard to build up and certainly not leaving you or your loved ones facing mountains of debt. So let's look at what I feel are some of the key insurances that all Australians should have. Number one, life insurance. Now, life insurance works in the same way as our car insurance. Basically, you pay a monthly premium to your insurer and if something goes wrong, inevitably this may be death, your life insurance provider will cover the financial side. The reality here is if you're single and you don't have any dependents, so nobody depending on you bringing an income in, life insurance may not be an important insurance to be paying a premium for each month. But for those of you with a spouse, nine kids, three dogs, school fees and mortgages, life insurance is critical. Some policies also allow for a terminal illness diagnosis. This insurance is going to help make sure that your loved ones can actually plan ahead should that thing that none of us actually really want to talk about and we'll skirt around that situation actually go and happen. Number two, injury insurance and income protection. How long could you last without your regular income? Income insurance, or to use the correct industry name, Total Permanent Disability, abbreviated to TPD, provides for you if you were to become permanently disabled due to either an accident or maybe you've got some form of illness. And there's no possible way for you to return to the workforce in the occupation that you were working in, that you're trained in, that you're skilled in. So TPD insurance provides a lump sum payment for medical and also rehabilitation treatments. And whilst life might not be the same as it was beforehand, this is designed to help you make the most of what you actually have. Now, you do need to be employed and being paid for that employment as well in order to apply to get a TPD policy. Now, standard income protection policies around this normally cover up to about 70% of what your gross wages were, and it may be limited to a certain amount of years, atypically maybe around two years or sometimes longer. If you are a family living off one income, and you've got large levels of debt, I highly recommend that you actually investigate making sure that you've got this style of insurance. Number three, health insurance. You might be in the absolute prime of your life, feeling as fit as a fiddle, healthy and feeling totally unbreakable. But health insurance offers a very wide range of policies that are going to ensure you're not faced with an excessive medical bill should you become sick or injured. 
and that could be not just from a, a road accident, it could be from a sporting injury as well. Now, depending on your budget, there's going to be a variety of health insurance policies available, and some of them are just as confusing as trying to pick a mobile phone plan. The more events that you want to cover yourself for, then the larger the monthly premium. These range from top private hospital cover to basic public hospital cover. All types are designed to help reduce medical expenses in the case of an emergency, or it can actually get you more immediate hospital treatment. So you come out of the public system and you go into the private system. Buying health insurance might mean you also don't have to pay the Medicare levy surcharge of up to 1.5% of your total annual taxable income. Now, the aim of this surcharge is to encourage anybody that owns over $90,000 a year to take out private hospital cover. And that, in turn, is designed to help reduce the demand on the public health system. Number four, vehicle insurance. So we're talking about whether you've got a car, your four-wheel drive, or a motorbike. By law, we're all required to have compulsory third-party insurance, CBT, or known in New South Wales as the green slip. It's all part of the fee of registering our motor vehicles on the road. Now, this insurance is provides cover for people who may be injured or killed in a motor vehicle accident that's involved your vehicle. Now, if we're looking at the insurance to actually cover the vehicle itself for theft or damage, having no insurance or buying the minimum required can on paper save you a fair amount of money each year. But it then puts everything else that you've got in your life at risk. If you're unfortunate to damage a vehicle that's used for work, you could be liable for the loss of income from it being out of service. So you have an accident and you go into the side of a hire car or a, or a taxi. While it's off the road, there's a loss of income. Now, normally car insurance doesn't cover your car for mechanical, computer failures or breakdowns, unless any of those were because of an accident that you've had. And another tip here as well is don't put the wrong fuel in your car because you're just not covered by insurance. I was in a service station last year and somebody had unfortunately put diesel into their petrol car. It doesn't work. If you're contemplating earning some extra money by doing some ride sharing, some Ubering or whatever the other services are, you'll actually need a different type of insurance for your vehicle. So you're going to need a business use insurance. Number five, landlord's insurance. Now, I'm not listing the actual building insurance, the insurance that covers the bricks and mortar, whether it's an apartment or whether it's a house or a townhouse, because whether you realise it or not, if you have a mortgage on that property, part of your mortgage agreement is that you will maintain building insurance. However, landlord's insurance on investment properties is not compulsory. But if you are an investor, this is an absolute must. Now, the best time to start this insurance is literally as soon as you take possession of the property. So as soon as you've 
um, settled the loan on the property. It's your investment property. Even if you don't have a tenant in the property because you are actually liable the moment the agent starts showing proposed tenants through your property. Now, part of the policy is that you're going to be covered for loss of rental income on your property. And there's different reasons why you may lose some uh, rental income on the property. Your tenants could simply do a runner. They could start defaulting on their payments, not making the uh, the uh, correct amounts. Um, or they actually fail to leave the property in a timely manner. So they're still living there and they've stopped paying on it as well. You can also be covered if the property is being repaired and it can't have tenants in the property. So it's uninhabitable while the uh, while it's being repaired. Not forgetting that this insurance is tax deductible because you've got to think about it as a business expense as part of you holding your investment property. In summary here, I advise you to shop carefully. Insurance policies come in a variety of shapes and sizes and boast so many different features, benefits and prices. Don't forget, they're all after competing. They're trying to get your attention. So shop carefully, read the policies, understand what the coverage is. If you don't understand what the policies are, the person that's presented it to you or the representative from the company get them to explain it to you as well. And just like so many things in life, the cheapest is not an indication of being the best. Now, my top tip here is if you run your own business or maybe you've got a lot of insurance policies, so not just a car and your house, but maybe you've got a, quite a few investment properties and uh, you know some other things going on, I highly recommend using an insurance broker. Now, they're like mortgage brokers, they're industry qualified experts who deal with several different insurance companies and they're the ones that are going to do all the legwork for you and then explain everything for you. And a lot of the time, they're going to handle so much of that darn pain in the ass paperwork for it, especially if it comes to claim time. Well, I hope that helped explain a few things around insurance. I'll see you again next week for another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders, Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.